Come on, why don't you just praise God in here? God let you make it to another day. Come on, let's thank God for God's grace and mercy. Do it one more time. Amen, amen. God, we just thank you for this date. We thank you for Bishop Watts, Lady Watts. Thank you, God, for all the officers and leaders of this great Shiloh Church. Thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy to make it another day. We love you, God. We ask now that you might just fall afresh so that your people might be edified. And together, we might give glory and honor to your name. In the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. Come on, let's thank God again today for God's presence. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I am thankful and grateful for my friend and my brother, uh, Bishop Watts. Come on, y'all, let's thank God for the bishop of this house. Thankful and grateful to God, bishop of this house. I am thankful for our friendship over the years, uh, more than 25 years. This is my 26th year. And so you need to know that your pastor has encouraged and blessed me and we've gone. I didn't know that thing about, uh, about New York, but hey, that's a good thing, man. That's a good thing. Iron sharpens iron. Uh, to Lady Watts, always good to see you. Always good to see you. Always good. Such a lady. Such a lady. Donna sends her love and her regards. Um, it, is, it is just a blessing to be in this house on a Tuesday night. Glad to see you all. I was talking to Bishop Watts, and he said, you all start at 6.30, and, and you get out um, at, uh, I think, said, didn't you say 9 o'clock, Doc? You said 9. He said, I think he said, you know, I'm turning my hearing aid up for these days. I don't know what you said, Doc. No, he said, you all start at 6.30 and you out. You can stay until 9, but we leave at 7.30. So, so y'all don't mind. Can I get to the words, y'all? Amen, amen. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter. What your custom is, so glad to thank God for Deacon Henry Smalls. He comes with us. We're thankful and grateful for him. We honor this series and we pray that this will be a blessing to this series of Tuesday's gatherings. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, beginning with verse 1. Out of the New International Version, you find these words. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working at the wheel. But the pot that he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. I want to talk as I believe God's spirit should guide from the thought, wounded but still worthy. 
wounded, but still worthy. Bishop Watts, recently I was blessed by a conversation of a group of local church lay leaders. A portion of this conversation included a discussion of how and why some logistics around a ministry event were not completed in a timely fashion, even though each of the lay leaders were capable of getting those logistics done and in fact had done so in the past. Now the ministry event worked out well as God always seems uh, to show up and to show out, yet many of the logistics for the event were left done later than planned. And after some discussion, there emerged an acknowledgement by some within the group that for some of the persons present, they found themselves moving through and perhaps stuck in seasons of woundedness and brokenness and that they were facing with challenges and issues that revealed their own struggles, vulnerabilities, and insecurities. Now, although each of them knew from their own personal experience about learning how to function in the midst of struggles and challenges, I wanted to make sure that they knew that our woundedness is not necessarily a liability as some may think. Because whether you are a lay minister or an ordained clergy person, you will need to learn how to navigate your own woundedness in the process of ministering to others. I went on to share with this group of lay leaders that the personal reality that within my own ministry uh, span, uh, I've preached in pulpits and on a number of occasions when I mounted that pulpit uh, and preached healing, the healing gospel message of Jesus while I wrestled with my own woundedness. Some of the most profound and impacting messages that I've preached, as I've preached more than 33 years, based on people's response, has come while I have felt bound and broken. I had to think about the fact that some of the ways in which God used the preaching ministry and ministering ministry the most was in times in which I felt the least worthy. I encourage the group of lay leaders to not allow people nor themselves uh, to disqualify them from ministering primarily because of any woundedness in their lives. Am I talking to anybody in here already? For, for it is often in the areas of woundedness when and where God's spirit credentials us to pour into the lives of those we have the privilege to minister to. Now to be sure, I'm not seeking to overly glorify our woundedness, nor am I suggesting that we all go out and find ways to wound ourselves in the name of the Lord. I'm not trying to do that. 
Somebody knows that your mere engagement in life and with other people in the world will create its own world of woundedness. But what I sought to drive home, Bishop, uh, to these lay leaders, and what I'm also seeking to lift up tonight in this season of Lent, is that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. That in fact, God knew about our woundedness when God gave us our assignments and God knows about our woundedness as we carry out our various assignments and tasks. And so if God knows all about us and still calls us and uses us anyway, then why do we and others have such a problem with where we are and what we struggle with? See, God's Spirit helps many of us to know that even with our woundedness, we can still witness for the Lord. Even with our brokenness, we can still bless somebody. Even with our anxieties, we can still affirm God's power in our lives. Even with our vulnerabilities, we can still claim victory in Jesus. Even with our insecurities, we can still find security in the fact uh, that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. Jesus. And so I'm here to help somebody know that even when you are weary, when you are worn out, when you are wounded, you are still worthy to be used by God to proclaim God's goodness, to testify to God's provision, to teach about God's love, to dance in honor of God, to give of God's bounty. You are still worthy to write that lesson, to preach that sermon, to minister to somebody. Don't you allow uh, people to disqualify you and don't you disqualify yourself from being on the endless list of wounded healers who God used to bless people to bless families to bless community and this nation all because they understood you can be wounded but still worthy am I talking to any wounded and worthy people in this place See, I know we have a checklist uh, and requisites for who can serve and how they can serve. And, and, and that can be good in its appropriate place. And yet we are worthy not because we always get it right. Somebody knows we are worthy not because we always do our best. We are worthy not because we are always at our best. Someone knows we are worthy because God and God's word says we are. Like Anthony Brown in therapy reminded us about God. God, you thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life. So I could be free. So I could be whole. So I can tell everything everybody. You counted me out, but God counted me in. You discounted me and dismissed me, but God used it to develop the best in me. When you saw the worst in me, God saw the best in me. I got about 15 more minutes. Y'all work with me for this. 
So within our text for today, within our text for today, God has a word for a wounded prophet as well as a wounded people. The people to whom God has assigned Bishop the prophet Jeremiah are people who are not on their way, but rather people who have lost their way. They have lost their way, brothers and sisters, for they have knowingly and unknowingly participated in their own brokenness by chasing after idols of the land rather than trusting in the God of their past, their present, and their future, Yahweh. It is Jeremiah's assignment then to speak on behalf of God and to call the people of God to repentance, to turn from their ways and to seek the God who brought them and their ancestors a mighty long way. And yet Jeremiah was also a prophet who sat where the people sat in that he had to face and to deal with his own brokenness from both his assignment and the people's condition. Bishop Jeremiah wrestled with his own anxieties with God as well as the chilling reception the people of God would give the very one that God sent them to help them out of their brokenness. Sometimes God's people will look to reject the very person that God sends their way. And what we see here is that God has a word for both prophet and people individually and collectively. For, for I'm sure that some of the people had it all figured out. They figured that if Jeremiah would just leave them alone and get his own brokenness together, that everything would be all right. And I'm sure at some point on his journey, the prophet Jeremiah thought if the people would just stop rebelling against God and fussing and complaining about how hard they have it, then maybe his assignment wouldn't be so discouraging and depressing. And because God did not want to keep them pointing the fingers at each other, y'all know how we can point the finger at each other? Help me somebody in here. Uh, God summons the prophet to get up from where he was and to go down to the potter's house for there were some lessons that God wanted to teach both the prophet and the people about woundedness and worthiness. And let me share with us tonight that if you're going to be open to getting up every now and then, you've got to get up from your present location and circumstance and be willing to let the Lord lead you to places beyond where you are. Thank God for where you've been, but somebody knows if you want some blessings today, you've got to learn how to properly package your past. Sometimes you've got to leave where you are in order to go where God has for you to go. Once Jeremiah arrives at the potter's house, Bishop, he, he sees the potter working at the potter's wheel. And in particular, he notices that the pot that the potter is, was shaping was marred. It was blemished. It was broken. So the potter formed it into another shape, shaping it as it has seemed best. Now, I know we know this story, and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Can I not do with you, Israel? Can I not do with you, Shiloh, as the potter does? 
See, God wanted Jeremiah to see that even though the pot of clay was broken, it was still in the potter's hands. It was broken. The potter did not throw the pot away because it was broken and blemished. The potter kept the pot on the potter's wheel and kept shaping and molding it. The pot was, had visible shortcomings and imperfections, but was still secured in the potter's hands. See, that's a word for somebody who is pulled back from your divine assignment in, in ministry because you felt blemished and broken and not fit for service. You need to be assured to know that God's hands are still on you. That even in your brokenness, though I know you look good, you smell good, you got everything in place, but somebody know sometimes smiling faces tell lies. That even in your brokenness, uh, you, you came however you come to your brokenness. You need to know that God still is molding you and shaping you. God's hand is still guiding you and guarding you. Somebody needs to know that God is still ordering your steps and your stops. No matter how you feel, what others try to wrongly tell you, God's hands are still on you, not because you get it right, not because you do everything you're supposed to do, not because you are on your post like somebody says you need, but God is still shaping you and molding you because that's just who God is. God never gives up on us. Now I'm going to deal with how God sees us in a minute, but the fact of faith to know that in spite of our blemishes and brokenness, that we are still in God's hands. To know that no matter what I go through, I can never be taken out of God's hands. We are still, I mean, when you think about that, some folk at your very first mistake will leave you. I'm, oh, I'm sorry, that's, that's, Brook, that's Bridgeport, that's Bridgeport. Y'all don't do that, y'all holy up here, right? See, I, I recently uh, heard of a story, the story of a, of, a, of a late king of a certain community who had 10 wild dogs, Bishop. He used them to torture and eat any of his servants who made a mistake. One of the servants gave an opinion which was wrong. And the king didn't like it at all. And so, Brother Wilson, he ordered the servant to be thrown to the dogs. The servant said, I served you for 10 years, and this is what you do? Please give me 10 days before throwing me to the dogs. The king agreed. And so in those 10 days, the servant went to the guard who looks after the dogs and told him that he would like to serve the dogs for the next 10 days. The guard was baffled but agreed, and the servant started feeding the dogs, cleaning them, bathing them, and providing all sorts of comfort for them. Y'all know when the 10 days were up, the king ordered the servant to be thrown to the dogs for his punishment. 
When he was thrown in, we were all amazed, the story says, to see that the ravenous dogs uh, were not, not only uh, attacking him, but the ravenous dogs were only licking the feet of the servant. The king was baffled at what he was seeing and said, what happened to my dogs? The servant replied, I served the dogs for only 10 days and they did not forget my service. Yet I served you for a whole 10 years and you forgot all of that at my first mistake. What's the moral of the story, brothers and sisters? Don't put out the history that is filled with good simply because you don't like one thing that happens. Let me help somebody in here. Come here, let me bring it home to you. You need to understand, man may leave you, folk may desert you, you may not be the flavor of the month, but you need to know God knows everything. God remembers every sacrifice. God remembers every lesson. Folk may discard you, folk may lie on you, folk may overlook you, but you are still worthy. Is there anybody in here that knows God will keep on shaping you and keep on molding you? Good night, Shiloh. May the Lord bless you real good. But I'm here to help somebody know. Let folk talk about you. Let folk lie on you. But you're still worthy. And I made up in my mind. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. His praise. 